Welcome to the Bridge Beyond English podcast. This is an English podcast that will help you expand your creative thinking, global awareness, and cross-cultural communication skills so that you can connect more deeply with the world. I'm your host, David Nagai. There is a lot going on in the world right now. If you look at the news, you see that there's a raging pandemic that's kind of out of control and there's disasters around the world, there's climate change, there's poverty, there's chaos in Afghanistan. There's so much happening and it can be quite overwhelming, can't it? So sometimes we need to step back and see the world in new ways. We need to refresh our perspective. We need to try something different so that we don't lose hope. So today I want to share about how my local park is my teacher. So let me take you on a little journey to my local park. Some of you might know it if you're living in Yokohama. It's called Negishi Shinin Koen or Negishi Forest Park. So Negishi Park has grassy hills, big wide open spaces, but also a lot of forest. So they have sakura, metasakoya, cedar, and many other types of trees and plants. It's so beautiful. It's really, truly my favorite park in the world. And before the pandemic started, I visited the park. I went jogging, walking. I had picnics there. But it wasn't until during the pandemic that I really saw the park in new ways. During the pandemic, I had extra free time or extra isolation time, I guess you could say. And I spent so much more time at the park, no matter what season. Winter, summer, spring, autumn. Now, I want to share about some observations I've had at the park. Some experiences I've had that taught me things, that reminded me of seeing the world in different ways. Only because of the pandemic did I try some new things at the park. So now, after almost two years of the pandemic, I feel like I have a whole new relationship with Negishi Park. Let me share some things that I tried, some experiences I had. And through this, maybe it can give you a breath of fresh air. And maybe it will inspire you to experience your local park in new ways. And hopefully that can also help you to be inspired with new creative ideas. Okay, so when the pandemic started, I was stuck in my house a lot. <laughs> as were you, probably. So as I mentioned, I would often jog or walk in the park. And... 
I would go on the main path some, but then also go on the small trails, which are like small dirt hiking trails. And some of them go up and down the slopes, but it's all shady in the beautiful forest. So most people go on the main path, but I would often run on the small trails. During the pandemic, I was trying to avoid people even more. (laughs) So I found even more side trail areas. So what I realized was I thought I was taking the less popular route, which I thought was better. But only during the pandemic did I explore and find even more secret trails and quiet areas where I could jog in the very natural forest, in the shade, away from people. Now, the problem with jogging in the forest is it's not perfectly flat at all. (laughs) So there are many bumps, sticks, rocks, uh, also roots. So oftentimes roots will come out of nowhere and it's hard to see because they're brown just like the dirt and they're kind of hidden in the weeds. So as the grass would grow, weeds would grow over the roots sometimes, I couldn't see the roots and I would trip and fall really hard because I would be running. (laughs) So in the past couple years, I've probably fallen 10 times. (laughs) Uh, I'm a little bit embarrassed to say, but trust me, there are a lot of roots and a lot of things to trip on, especially when you try new areas that you've never been before. So What I want to say is, yeah, it's kind of safe to stay on the main path because it's flat and wide and that's where everyone is. But if we venture out and try a new path, yes, it's a little bit dangerous. And yes, you may not know what to expect, but it can be really fun and it can help you experience a whole new world. So yeah, sometimes I slipped on some mud or tripped on a root and I lost a little blood here and there and I got dirty, very dirty sometimes, but it kind of made me feel alive. Instead of just being on the safe path, I was alive in this vibrant forest where I could hear the cracking of leaves under my feet and the crunching of twigs as I stomped on them, running through the forest. I felt alive. And I felt that inside the forest, there was even more shade and more beauty than the main path. Another thing that I incorporated into my jogging workout was doing chin-ups. So, you know, where you grab a bar and you pull your chin up over the bar. So, I did chin-ups on various trees. So, I tried out, I I tested a bunch of different trees that had suitable branches for my height and my weight. So, I found one that was my favorite. And then, later I found an even better one. So, eventually, I kept on using that one. Every time I went jogging, I would also do 10 chin-ups. So, In some ways, it was like 
the park became my free gym membership during the pandemic. Now, actually, just a couple weeks ago, I was doing my chin-ups, and I realized that there were other branches on the exact same tree that might be better than the one I was using. So I kept my eyes open and I, I tested a few of the branches and I realized that for a year and a half of the pandemic or more, I had been using the less than ideal branch. It was a little bit too big and uh, slanted. So I found this perfect branch that was like the perfect size for me to wrap my fingers around and the perfect height so that my feet wouldn't touch the ground. So I learned that if we keep our eyes open, there might be even better options on the very same tree. So if you see a strange American guy dangling from the branches of the trees in Negishi Park, it's probably me. <laughs> so keep your eyes peeled. Look out. There I am. I'm the foreign monkey in the park. So I probably go to the park uh, almost every day, if not twice, sometimes even three times, almost every day. So I just go there all the time. It's like my living room in some ways. So my favorite thing is to bring a book or listen to a podcast while I sit in my camping chair. So I found this spot that is almost at the very top of the hill, and it's in this quiet forest area where people almost never go, and it has this beautiful view over the pond, and you can also see a little bit of sky, but mostly you're just surrounded by trees, and there's shade and a nice breeze because it's at the top of the hill. So that is my happy place. Now, in my happy place, I've witnessed or observed some interesting things. So first, let me talk about the birds. <laughs> there are a lot of crows, big black crows at Nagishi Park. And one day, the crows were having this, like, fighter jet war in the air. I have honestly never seen crows so vicious and angry at each other. They were right above my head and flying really close to me, but they were attacking each other. And I couldn't keep track of which crow was which because they all looked the same to me. I, I don't know if they had some kind of miscommunication or they were fighting over some food source or maybe one crow cheated on another crow's wife or something like this. I don't know how crows create or solve their drama, but they were trying to stab each other with their beaks and, and bite each other. So they went from branch to branch, just ruffling each other's feathers and shaking <laughs> these trees. So I, I realized that there's this whole different world within the park. And oftentimes they're peaceful and just kind of eating small animals or plants or garbage, but they also have this whole way of communicating and evolving and surviving and uh, 
dominating each other. So that was a really interesting experience. And it made me a little bit nervous, actually. I almost moved, but eventually they flew away. And probably the most scared I have ever been (laughs) in Negishi Park was when a pigeon, yes, a pigeon, uh, an innocent pigeon that usually is just waddling around and not doing anything dangerous, this pigeon flew at my face and I lifted my arms to protect myself and then the pigeon flew away but then fluttered, kind of hovering in the air and then came at me again for some reason. And then again. And thankfully I had a big umbrella with me. So I was so scared that I thought this pigeon was literally going to peck my eyes out. I was afraid that my eyeballs would be destroyed. (laughs) So I opened my umbrella and used it like a shield. And yeah, it protected me, but the pigeon kept on coming after me. And after about 40 seconds of this perpetual, constant attack and my weak umbrella defense, I ended up grabbing my chair and getting out as fast as possible. (laughs) So I guess I'm pretty sure that the pigeon had a nest right nearby, and the pigeon felt like I was a threat. So I guess I learned that pigeons are pretty fierce. Pigeons can be pretty angry if they feel like you're threatening their baby. So the birds have their own drama, and each type of bird have their different kinds of rivalries and competition and survival modes. Uh, I guess we could go down to a a smaller level. We could look at the the ants or the insects or uh, the sparrows, the, the tiny tiny birds. Uh, There's all these different worlds that are alive and thriving and surviving in the park, if we can take time to see. Now, one of the things I like to do in my happy place, sitting there on my camping chair, is watch people. So I like people watching. Now, there are so many different types of people that come to the park. There's elderly people, middle-aged people, kids, families, you name it. All the different types of people. And it's interesting when I watch them walk. Usually they're walking on the path for exercise or talking with their friend. So these days, almost everyone's wearing masks. Um, But you can still recognize who people are if they're regular walkers or joggers. Now, there's this one, maybe he's a 70-year-old man, around 65 or 70. And he walks every day. And what fascinates me about this gentleman is that he's got this limp. He's overweight and has this limp. And he tries to walk as fast as he can with his limp. And I've seen him actually make progress over the past year. So I think probably he had some kind of a problem with his leg. Maybe some disease, maybe, maybe some, uh, some deterioration of his bone. 
I'm not sure, but he's so dedicated to walking, even though he has this limp, and it's hard for him. So I really respect him. And sometimes when I watch him, it's a reminder to me of when I had a limp. So in the past, I've had knee problems. So my knee was really bad and I would limp. I remember one time I was walking to Yamate Station from my house and I was limping so slow and this old man, this old grandpa passed me (laughs) with a cane. (laughs) So I was a serious limper. So now it's an opportunity for me to remember that people suffer. People have a story. People have something that is hard for them and they live with it and they deal with it and they overcome it. And I've seen this man overcome it a little bit at a time, day by day over this whole pandemic. And I respect him. And it's the same with other joggers. Now, some joggers are like serious marathon people, right? Um, They're just amazing. Other joggers are trying to lose weight, um, improve their health, and maybe they jog slow. Maybe they jog a little bit, then stop a little bit. Uh, but I, I just am inspired by their dedication because for them, jogging is painful or maybe even embarrassing, but they keep on doing it. There's one other old man. Uh, he uses two canes and he walks every day. He wears a hat, he has glasses. Sometimes I say hello to him and he greets me briefly. This guy walks on his fragile legs every day and I can see that he works hard and that it might not be comfortable for his body. I also sometimes like to watch the children play. So, you know, kids at the park, it's like they're in paradise, they're in heaven. So these kids are so creative. I see kids sometimes collecting sticks. So if you ever see a pile of sticks in Negishi Park, it's probably because this group of kids was playing this game to see how many sticks they could collect. So I'm just reminded from them the simple joys, how they can play with sticks and rocks and run around, catching each other or or catching little bugs or catching things in the little pond they're so curious and they don't need iPads necessarily or video games but they can play games and make games out of anything so they inspire my creativity so to be honest i i started playing my own game <laughs> by myself <laughs> in the park. So my game is simple. Uh, It takes me back to my own childhood. So I get little rocks if there are rocks, or I get sticks like fallen branches. And I choose a tree as a target or kind of um, a V section of a tree as like the main target. So I set my target and then I just throw rocks and throw the sticks, and try to practice my aim. So I did that as a kid quite a bit, and now I'm learning from the kids at 
Negishi Park, <laughs> and I'm enjoying kind of the simple pleasures. And when I do it, I kind of get out of my head. So say, for example, I'm doing some work on my computer on my camping chair. Then I take a little break and I do some target practice. So it helps me move my body and focus on something completely different from work. And it refreshes my mind. So if you're ever wondering what to do at Negishi Park, besides walk or jog or do chin-ups on branches, well, why don't you do some target practice? I highly recommend it. One of the things that I've really enjoyed is watching little toddlers, like little kids who can barely walk. They, they walk in the grass and their parents kind of are training them to walk. So they take a few steps and then stumble and then sit down or fall, but they're fine because it's grass, right? And they're little kids. And to see their joy and their curiosity and their desire to reach the target, which is their mom or dad, who's like two meters away. I just love seeing the smile on their face. And it reminds me that I have the ability to walk. And not everyone has that. And I forget about how precious that ability is. It's such a gift because it takes me from here to there. It gives me mobility. Now, the dogs, there are lots of dogs at Negishi Park. And there are so many different types of dogs. And all the dog owners, they, they walk them, and then they also kind of get into little circles or little groups. And then the dogs kind of play with each other or sniff each other. So in these moments, I mean, let's be honest, the owners of the dogs want to connect with other owners. So it's really like a social group. And if you have a dog, you can belong and make connection. And I see a lot of the dog owners every day meet at the same time, same place, and the same dog sniffs the same other dog's butt. <laughs> so really, everyone's kind of sniffing each other out and interested in some social connection. Uh, and of course, the dogs have a good time. And what I love about the dogs is Almost always, they're so happy, present, and content. They're not thinking about the past. They're not thinking about the future. They're just being present. They play. They roll around. They connect. And it just reminds me that I want to be more like a dog. I want to be present. I want to live in this full, luscious, joyous moment. I want to be like a dog. <laughs> Don't you? And one more observation from the people I see. Uh, the park staff. The park staff wear these bright orange shirts and they pick up garbage, they mow the lawns, they trim the bushes. They keep Negishi Park super, super clean and beautiful. I really appreciate them. So sometimes I think, wow, I bet they don't get paid too much money. But at the same time, they're not stuck in an office working overtime every day. 
And I think to myself, wow, every job has its pros and cons. But what a job. What a job to be able to facilitate this amazing, beautiful, free green space. And to be able to walk around and be in nature. I mean, their office is the forest. It's a hard job. But I just thought, wow, what an interesting way to spend every day. And I really appreciate them. And let's finish off with seasons. So I've been hanging out in Negishi Park for a couple years, especially during the pandemic, and I've seen all the different seasons uh, where it's luscious green, overflowing weeds and budding flowers and grass that's just growing like crazy. Uh, I've also seen the, the dead of winter, where there's no green, it's all dead. And of course, spring is beautiful with all the different colors, and uh, sakura season is also, of course, very beautiful. So I want to embrace each different season. When I look at the trees and the landscape, if it's always sakura season, then sakura will be boring, right? But if sakura is only about two weeks, or these other flowers grow for a month or two in the spring, well, then I can enjoy it in limitation. I can enjoy it at the right time. So as I think about the fall season, the leaves die, right? But even in the dropping of leaves, the death of the tree, it provides a unique beauty. Beautiful red, yellow, orange leaves. And then winter, it lies dormant, the tree sleeps, but spring always comes. It won't be cold forever, it won't be dead forever, but that's part of the cycle. And that gives me some inspiration and hope. As we think about all the global news that's depressing and difficult, as we think about the pandemic, and we don't know what the economy will be like, or what our health will be like, when we can have things return back to normal. But there's a season. So we are in a difficult season. And the spring will come. The flowers will bloom. We'll even have a proper ohanami, eventually. Sakura viewing and picnics. So if you feel overwhelmed with work, with the news, with life, why don't you take time to visit your local park? Notice all the diversity and beauty. Maybe you'll be inspired to see the world in fresh ways. And maybe you'll even see me hanging like a monkey on one of the trees. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.
Okay, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you want to help us spread this podcast to more people, you can write a review or leave a rating. And finally, if you are interested in using English to expand your creative thinking, global awareness, and cross-cultural communication skills, you can join a free trial class right here in Yokohama, Motomachi, or online. If that is something that interests you, you can click the link in the show notes or just visit us at bridgebeyondenglish.com. I'm your host, David Nagai. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.